Yo, what's going on everybody? Motorcycle Dad with Tito. It's your boy here. It is Saturday. I'm coming at you live from the Beat Laboratory, aka the garage in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's uh it's a beautiful 75 degrees outside, or it's gonna be a high of 75. It's gonna be there in about an hour. So I'm trying to get out there, get riding today. It's a beautiful fucking day here. Yo, for my brothers and sisters, if it's cold where you're at, I'm sorry. Get some fucking heated gear. <laughs> hey, keep right, keep the ride going. I know some of my friends up in Michigan, that ain't a choice, because my was it Montana's getting snow, Michigan's getting snow, I think. I heard. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but I know Montana definitely got snow. But either way, I hope you're having a good Saturday. I hope you guys had a good fucking week. Uh, even if you didn't have the best week you wanted to, like myself, I didn't have the most productive or best week. Still, you gotta keep that positive mental attitude. Don't get yourself in the rut and keep pushing. The marathon continues. As a, a, a wise man that I very much respected passed away once said, the marathon continues. Either way, guys, we're going to bust out. It's going to be a quick episode uh, today because I got, like I said, I got to get out and get to riding. I got to get on the road today, get some fucking rubber on the road. But uh, we're going to go over some industry news, as always, in the first segment. They're going to break it off in the second segment where uh, we'll go on Tito's rant. You know, I'll talk about a couple of things that are near and dear in my heart. But uh, let's start this off with the first news. Okay, uh, one of the one of the motor uh, not motorcycle companies. I apologize. One of these new UTV side by side companies. It's called Ruxor. I talked about it a couple episodes, a few episodes ago, back when the hurricane hit the Bahamas. These guys and Polaris both went in and sending a bunch of their units. Like I want to say it was like 20 a piece or 10 a piece, something like that. I could be wrong. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Um, they send their units down there to assist. Okay. Now I made a mistake and I'm going to correct that mistake right now. I said Ruxor was an electric company. I seen these guys at Ames Expo for the past like two, three years. They just started in 2018. Okay. But what they do is they make a four cylinder turbo diesel motor and they put it not to say this is an insult but it's the poor man's Jeep, or let's put it this way, it's the common man's Jeep, or economic Jeep, there it is. It looks kinda like a Jeep, but not quite really, but it looks like the cooler World War II, not the not the gringo, uh, we got power windows and shit now. And, I'm, and I say that with a kindness endearment because I have a lot of redneck friends. I got a lot of country friends, period, that don't like the new Jeeps, they like the old school shit. So I say that with the most endearment possible. Um, you're talking about a four-cylinder turbo diesel four-wheel drive it's only three thousand pounds which is a thousand pounds more than your general okay but still it comes with a two-year twelve thousand mile warranty the thing has a 12 gallon tank where your general only has a nine and a half gallon tank so this thing is meant for like off-roading rock crawling like where we were me and myself and tony were we would take this up onto the alpine loop now, granted, 55 says the max speed. I'm pretty sure some of those trails we were doing that. Maybe, maybe, I'm not sure. But 55 is max speed. And in that area there in particular, you're talking about rural, lots of off-road, lots of national park, tons of four-wheel drive. This would be your perfect vehicle for that. Um, it, like I said, it looks like an old-school two-door Jeep. But turbo diesel, so it's it's a fucking donkey. Like my, Himal- like my Royal Enfield Himalayan was. It's a burro. It's a fucking donkey. This thing's going to take a lick in and keep on ticking. I haven't heard anything negative 
as far as reviews or anything, it seems like everybody who rides these things have fun. They have a fucking blast. I mean, it's a donkey. You can go up anyway, like, hee haw, like, take its ass all the way fucking up the mountain if you want to. And I think that's pretty cool. That and one of the things I noticed, and maybe people that live out in the Colorado Alpine Loop area don't see it as much as a problem, but for some of those trails, it gets a little fucking tight and it gets a little hairy where it's like, two cars or two Jeeps are meeting, almost touching mirrors and got to move at the same time to get past. And you're talking about another Jeep has a tire hanging over the edge where a thousand foot drop off. These seem to be a little bit more trail friendly because they're not as big as your Rubicons and shit like that. But it's a poor man's, poor man's uh, Jeep. Uh, I mean, these things are going, I think for around 10 or 12. I didn't see that. See, I fucked up on that. I didn't check the fucking price on it. That was one of the things I should have done in my research. But you know, here and there, no one's perfect, right? So, uh, matter of fact, I'll look it up right now while we're sitting here. And, uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm a fan of these guys. I, uh, like I said, for the fact that they went and did what they did, they did what they did in the Bahamas and then they're going for around 16, depending on what your, what packages you pick. I'm pretty sure it's anywhere between 12 and 16, which if you look at the price of a Jeep nowadays, price of a Jeep is uh, around $35,000, $40,000. If you want the nice, fancy fucking Jeep, like, like, you know, Cali girl, hair down type fucking Jeep, you know, the ones that have the fucking lift kits and all the fancy fucking shit on there and the motherfucker never goes off road. Yeah, those ones. Those ones are usually going for a 55, 60. Easy. Dude, I knew somebody that dumped 30 grand into their Jeep and it wasn't any shit for them. They're like, yeah, you're talking about a $65,000 Jeep. That's fucking crazy to me. It's fucking crazy. But here it is. You can pick up one of these bad boys for around 15, 16. I'm sure with if it's fully loaded, you're going to be closer to the 20 range after taxes and everything. But you look at what you're getting at and the purpose of this. Now, this is one of those vehicles where you have to be honest with yourself. What are you going to use it for? What kind of riding do you do? All right. People are looking at these like, oh, you know, well, the fucking Polaris General is better. But yeah, you're going to spend $35,000 on a Polaris General. And are you really going to fucking... <clears throat> Pardon me. Are you really going to do everything that that general is meant to do? That's what you got to ask yourself. It's just like when people start buying like fucking thousand dollar helmets and shit. Not that I discourage it, but it's okay. You're buying a thousand dollar track helmet and you ride on the streets exclusively. Now, are you getting this because this is a fashion statement and you can afford it? Or are you getting it for the functionality? I'm going to take this shit to the track. Or and vice versa with other gear too, like your Harley gear, some of the shit out there, chaps. I know guys that own chaps and they never fucking use them. Like, why the fuck did you spend a hundred and something dollars on fucking leather chaps? You're never gonna use it. The same thing with like heated gear and such. There's some people that buy heated gear and they never fucking use the shit. Be honest with yourself, please. That's all I ask, okay? Now, <clears throat> pardon me again. One of the reasons why I called out uh, Rockstore this morning, okay, is because in the dealer news on the website I was reading, these guys this year, I think, and this is why I think Rockstar is going to be pretty successful. They are working this year exclusively on dealer training ahead of growth of the company, which is a rarity because usually the company wants to focus on the growth as fast as possible. And then they end up fucking Johnny Ravioli. When I want me to say about Johnny Ravioli, half ass fucking, you know, shit's fucked up. No good communication with the dealers. It's kind of how some of the problems that as a director level for fixed operations, meaning service and part side, I saw that that was very common in like your companies like Royal Enfield, right? Royal Enfield sells more motorcycles on the planet than anybody else, but their fucking logistic system is horrible. 
parts system's horrible, warranty system's horrible, and that's where they run into a lot of problems because most times it's up to the dealer to take care of their customer and keep that customer coming back and keep them happy, a good dealer that is, um, rather than the manufacturer taking a little bit of responsibility and helping the dealer, it was more on the dealer itself. It seems like Ruxor has got the right thing in mind where they still want to add a couple of dealers to their network this year, but they're looking at building and investing in the dealerships and the logistics because I have found in my experience, and that's the reason why I'm leaving, I left and started my own journey in the power source industry because time and time and time again, you'd see these companies that would specifically focus on nothing more than the growth other than the training and an investment in their personnel and their people. And it drove me fucking nuts because they were worried about the fast nut instead of the long, long, nice, slow nut. They weren't worried. Oh, it's the difference between one of my buddies telling me, or is it? No, actually, I was listening on fucking YouTube or some shit. It was something on the interwebs where it was like, the dude, yeah, matter of fact, it was a clip from Best Buy. The dude was talking about the difference between, you heard people like, oh, they got the juice. OJ's got the juice. You know, they got the juice. Well, it's the difference between juice and sauce. Okay. The juice, think about this. How long does a jug of juice last in your fridge? About a week, maybe, if you're lucky. You know, you got a house full of people like me, and you're fucking a week if you're lucky. But think about this. That sweet baby raised barbecue sauce, or that ketchup, or whatever sauce it is, is sitting on your fucking fridge. How long has that shit been in there? See, the juice is the fast nut. The sauce, the sauce lasts a long time, man. That's, that's, that's the long game. So, Ruxor, they got the sauce right now. They got the sauce. They're playing the long game because they see the advantage of investing in the people at the dealership level. Because guess what? The more educated and the better that guy or the better that salesman feels about the product, like the more knowledge he has about it, the better the warranty procedures are or the dealer's aware of their warranty procedures to get shit done, the happier the customer's gonna be, the more requiring customers or the more return customers you're gonna have and the better off you are in the fucking long game. I've seen so many of these guys like Triumph. I'm gonna call you out Triumph because Triumph, when I worked with you guys, there was times where like I had a rep come in and brag to me about they're adding 300 extra fucking dealers. And I was like, oh, that's great. But how about this, dude? You guys are adding 300 dealers in the US market. Are you gonna add another fucking parts depot besides the one in Kentucky that UPS manages? You guys don't even manage? And that was the reason why we had run into a lot of problems because parts availability. I send the order in through the Triumph site, you know, through the Triumph dealer site. They allocate it out to the UPS personnel that manage their parts, not even their own personnel. They're outbound parts. And then most of the time these guys are going pick it and it's not there. So it wouldn't show up until two days later when I go to check on the status. And I know I have a status update where it'd be a part that was Greenland and said they had plenty of, and now it doesn't, they don't have shit and they're on back order for, they don't know how long. That created a lot of turmoil and problems at a dealership where it's like, I couldn't tell a customer when their parts were coming in. You know how aggravating that was for somebody? I don't know. What the fuck? You, what do you mean you don't know? I just spent fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on a bike. You don't know when my shit's coming in? I, you know how dumb that made me feel? Like, oh, I don't know. So, Ruxor has got the right idea. Invest the training in your dealers, make your network super fucking strong, and then expand. And they're still gonna expand this year. That's the thing. It's not like they're like, no, we're not gonna open any more dealers. They're just putting a cap on it because that's where you see companies like Triumph, uh, Envy Augusta. Yeah, I mean, you can name them. Everybody at some point in time 
And there's a reason why BMW's been able, you know, to, to get ahead of that because they have the car side, so their infrastructure is a little bit better. So I'll give BMW that much. I don't give them a lot, but Ruckstar is following that path of trying to do good by the customer to bring them back in. So special shout out to Ruxor. Good job, guys. You know, if you want to surprise your boy with a unit for giving you a shout out, that'd be great. I'm just joking. Just joking. Even though I'd really love to get my hands on one of these little bad boys and see what I can do. Like me, I'm the type of guy where I will never take this thing on the on the highway. I take service roads all the way out to Gene, which is a little spot out in, or Sloan where we go shoot at. It's public land. You go shoot at a little about 15, 20 minute drive outside Las Vegas Strip. You can take the boulevard all the way down because a lot of people don't realize the boulevard goes way out of town in Vegas. So and take this thing out there and go shooting and see what it can do. So um, next on the list today for Yamaha, for, for motorcycle power sports industry news, Yamaha. Yamaha this week dropped the unveiling, or shall I say it's past week or within the last two weeks, the MT-03, okay? So Yamaha's gone away a little bit from the FZs and now the MTs that used to be only available in Japan are now being made legal for the States. I think it was some emission shit, something along those lines, but the MT-03, okay? The next generation of MT design, is coming out now i'm really excited about this because you guys always hear me about preaching about getting more people involved in the sport you know getting young people in the sport uh females in the sport anybody that can be on two wheels in the sport get them in the sport that's how it's going to grow that's how it's going to continue to thrive we got a history and a heritage of the sport and i love it and i just want to see it grow 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 not shrink so i think the mt03 is a monster monster bike when it comes to that okay because you're talking about 321 cc twin cylinder motor it's got inverted forks it comes standard led standard tail lights headlights turn signals lcd dis uh, screen display uh all this stuff and you're talking about the brand speaks for itself i'm a huge yamaha fan you guys know that about me by now um the brand speaks for itself as far as quality and lasting and reputation and you're talking about for a base model out the door, you're at $4,599 MSRP. A brand new bike with the reputation that it has for under five grand. You'll be five grand when you walk out, brand new. This is something that speaks to millennials, okay? This is something that's gonna speak to the young guys or the young gals out there that are thinking about getting into riding because where it's a cool looking bike and it's pretty aggressive, because this model after the MT-09s, the MT-07s, that really aggressive big bike look, it's not a big bike and it's not as intimidating. Um, personally, me, if I had a little bit more common sense, I probably would have started, or if this bike was available to me when I first started riding street bikes back in 08, uh, I probably may have gone to this. Maybe or maybe not. I am R6, I still love it. Yamaha has been great to me. I fucking love Yamaha, Yamaha, as some people would say back in Central Florida, the Yamaha. Um, but I think it's a great bike to get people involved in the sport. That's the whole mission of this. And for the price point, I mean, look guys, I wanna sit here and believe that everybody's got good intentions and you know, 10, $12,000 for a new bike isn't bad. That's my perspective. That's my reality because you know, I've paid $15,000 for a Harley and I've paid $4,000 for a Yamaha, I paid five, six thousand dollars for my triumph. So that's not out of the box reach for me. But for the average person, especially when you're a younger person, you're trying to save up, I think get a fucking if you're on the West Coast or anywhere where you can ride every day, get a fucking motorcycle. Why fucking spend fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars in debt to get a bike or get a car, okay, that 
you're not going to enjoy and everything with technology unless especially you live in an urban area dude i mean shit you can have groceries delivered nowadays and most people i know they just put it in a fucking backpack because you know if you're that young single person or you have a roommate it doesn't make any sense to go buy an 18 dollars car to me and get in debt buy yourself a five thousand dollar brand new bike that's really reasonable really economical you're gonna be able to resell it and get some money out of it and at the same time you're not gonna get balls deep in debt all right so or knee deep whatever you want to say so big shout out to yamaha on that i think that was a great move i mean they already had the r3 it was a monster because i know a guy that rides one holy shit man that thing's loud as fuck dude this is funny as fuck this dude that worked with us uh he worked with me over euro and eagle rider <laughs> young cat we call it peter parker i'll leave it at that until i talk to him and clear him. but uh old peter parker over here every day would be in the conference room or some shit beating and dude he's riding by on his r3 with his loud ass fucking exhaust and he's like dude he's going five miles an hour in the parking lot i thought his shit was hilarious but still involved in the sport there's tons of fucking track riders that ride 300 cc bikes so it's not saying oh you're, you're a pussy or you're a bitch or you're this that, and the other for riding that fuck it it gets you in the sport it keeps you out of fucking debt i say go for it fuck it all right so good on you yamaha all right Last on my list, list of things to do. Okay, list of motorcycle industry news to cover. Dunlop drops a new Fitty Fitty adventure tire. Okay. Now, a lot of people don't know some of the inside scoop of Dunlop. Back in 2015, uh, Dunlop acquired Sumitomo Group. Okay, Sumitomo Group, which owns Falcon Tires. Don't know if a lot of you are aware of that or not. Okay, the Sumitomo Group owns Falcon Tires. So Dunlop has now reached into their purse of resources. Um, great tire. I have nothing bad to say about Dunlop. Uh, I've been running their tires on baggers for years. Uh, great tire for baggers. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Q3s. I'm more a Pirelli guy when it comes to the street performance side of things. Uh, but, yo, know, who, who's to say? I'm like this. I always keep an open mind with things. So uh, they got this new technology out there, like the new Q4s and shit. I'll probably give them a try and see how I like them before I talk shit about them. Because I have not ridden the Q3s or Q4s. So I cannot give you an educated guess on that or educated talking point on those tires. But Dunlop as a whole, I can because of all the years of experience I've had putting them on baggers. I mean, they come standard on Harleys. That just says enough as it is already. Um, now, they Harley has switched over to Michelins in some cases. But for the most part, Harley still runs... You see that bar and shield on the tire, you're going to see Dunlop next to it. They make their tires here in the U.S. Um, where they have fallen off on the adventure market, which is what this tire is directed to, it is a new 50-50 adventure tire. They're starting to make up for that and utilize the resources they have at their disposal. Okay, So this 50-50 tire, they use some of the engineers from Falcon, and they ain't fucking around. It's a really, really, really cool, aggressive-looking tire. I challenge you guys, go look this thing up on fucking uh, on Dunlop.com or just type in Dunlop Adventure Tire and see what they got. And I'm telling you right now, this thing is fucking awesome. Let me see about motorcycle. Oh, they got this big elaborate fucking search. I'm not going to do all that. I can't remember the name of the tire off the top of my head, but it's their new 50-50 tire they dropped, they dropped this week. Not tons of reviews out on it yet. Um... They're, they did the press release and all that shit this week. So you should be hearing some reviews in the next week. But so far, their main focus was uh, longevity on the road. So a lot. Of, let me break it down for you guys. For you guys that are adventure riders, okay? 
a 50-50 tire is meant 50% on-road, 50% off-road. Now, with Backcountry Expeditions, those guys, they're like 95% off-road, 5% on-road in most cases, at least in my experience from this last tour that I did with him. So this tire would not be a good tire for him, for say, because that's not his riding, at least in this circumstance, this situation I'm talking about. Now, there is some cases where you may have 50-50 riding. I am very interested to see how this thing is going to wear in between the two, because you have the Anakin 3s by, uh, by Michelin that come standard on the GS, and you don't get the best mileage out of those tires. It's a good in-between tire um, in some cases, but I heard some people hate it, some people don't. Uh, it's 50-50. It's, it's I personally, I, I rode a GS with Anakis. I never rode it in some sand, but I rode a little bit off-road with it, and it wasn't too bad. It gripped just fine. Granted, I'm not the most experienced adventure rider or dirt rider, so, I mean, that I'm just letting you guys know right off the bat. But I'm very interested to see how this tire is going to wear on a GS particularly because that's the most popular adventure bike. And if it could take the abuse that a GS uh, 1250 is going to put out on it, it could take some abuse. So I'm interested to get it. I just want to experiment and get a hold of a set and throw them on a friend's bike just to figure it out because I'm that ignorant. I want to try that shit. So, But that is my spiel. They're working on a new... Uh, Dunlop is working on building a new adventure lineup, uh, a new future adventure lineup. So this is the first tire to kind of lead that up for them. Um, they've been working on this tire for two years. So it tells me they're taking it pretty fucking serious. And we'll see what comes out. It's going to be made in their Buffalo, New York factory. And uh, I'm pretty excited to see how this tire is going to do. Like I said, the tread looks sick. But just because the tread looks sick don't mean shit. It's all about how it wears. So... That's my spiel. That's my power sports industry news for the week, guys. Next you got coming up, me running my mouth again. All right, thanks for listening. All right, guys, look, we're gonna try this again. Tito back here. This is like the third, third fourth fucking take. I keep forgetting to put my, um, my equipment in airplane mode, so it's like, here it is. I was on a good, good rant. I was almost at the end of recording the second segment and then somebody fucking called me. I was like, son of a, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. Um, look guys, I want to say something right off the back in the beginning of this segment. I appreciate all the listening, the support. Um, I know the quality, the audio quality at times is not the best. Uh, I try to record my bedroom if I can, but I just feel more comfortable in the garage. Um, so I'm always going to try to record out here, even though acoustically it's fucking horrible. Uh, I'm working on making some improvements. Trust me, I'm taking notes to make some improvements. Keep in mind, I'm a baller in a budget. So uh, there's certain things I can splurge on, certain things I can't. I got a wife and kid, so I'm just keeping it real with you guys. I'd love to spend all the money on the audio equipment, possible studio equipment, but guess what? I ain't got no time for that. Gotta, I'm a hustler anyways. Got to make that money. So that being said, I really appreciate you guys listening um, and being patient. I more worry about the content above anything else because I've listened to uh, some people's podcasts that they have the best equipment, best shit. I even had a couple try to follow the page and I try to follow along. I'm always going to give somebody a chance. I want to hear all perspectives. I want to know everything as much as possible because even with as much as we learn in this life, we'll still go away from this life not knowing shit in comparison to what's out there. So I like getting my hands on as much knowledge as possible 
and listen to everybody's point of views. But holy fuck, man. Sometimes I listen to some fucking podcast and it's like, man, you have sound quality is amazing. But your fucking content is dry English toast with no fucking jelly, no fucking butter, no nothing. Just dry as fuck. It's like MRE bread. Like, holy fuck, dude. I got to dip this shit in some water. Dry as fuck. So I try to focus a little bit more on the content, the flow of things, how I feel. That's why I want, maybe sometimes I won't drop an episode until four or five days later because I'm just really not feeling it. And I'm not going to put something out there. If you guys are going to take the time to listen to my episode, which I'm very humbled and appreciative of, because to me, no matter if you're rich, poor, no matter what you are, your time is valuable. I'm going to try to put out something that I feel is good. So that's just my spiel on that, which is leading me into the next spiel. I started doing this podcast um, because my love for the industry, I wanted to find a way to get back into it, give back to it as well. And the podcast was a good way for that. Now, I'm working on some other projects that I really don't want to talk about right now, but some pretty big projects for me in my position and where my journey lies in the power sports industry. Excuse me for a second. I don't even break for sneezes. That's how real this fucking podcast is. Motherfucker. Don't joke. <laughs> but either way, I try to keep it real as possible. And I'm working on some projects right now with a couple partners of mine. Um, I'm testing some product out today. One of the things I'm testing out is a hoodie. Okay. I'm not going to give any shout outs to any company in particular. And you can hear my dryer going off in the background. That's how real this shit is <laughs> in real time. Got one of these fancy Samsung drivers. It's fucking plays music when you're done. But either way, I'm testing out this hoodie because one of the things that always stuck out to me was the fact that I never always want to wear a jacket. Not everybody wants to wear a jacket, just like not everybody wants to wear a helmet and shit, right? So I really wanted to focus. Now the quality hasn't been up to par and that's where I'm working on with some friends of mine, some projects. But that's one of the things I'm looking into is testing product out and giving you guys a review on it. Now, if you guys have any suggestions, Feel free, shoot me a message on the on the social media's webs stuff, okay? But how do you guys feel about a, a riding hoodie? Is that something? And I'm talking about a hoodie that has air emit protection, low profile D30 armor type stuff, maybe, you know, some, some really good flexibility, wears good and feels good and feels like you're protected. It's got even got, I mean, this shit's even got belt loops in it to where you can attach to your belt so that way it doesn't ride up on your shit when you ride. So how do you guys feel about that? You guys would ride. I mean, and I'm looking, I'm looking to build products for everybody across multiple spectrums. Not like, oh, only Harley riders, only crotch rocket guys. Everyone fucking wears hoodies. So why not fucking wear an armor hoodie? You know what I mean? The more protection, the better. Not all the time you feel like wearing protection, but you should. Either way, those are some of the things I'm working on for the industry. I want to try to give back as well as, you know, get some started off on my own. So uh, either way. Rolling into another portion of what I think the future of the industry is going into is going to be EV. Okay, I think personally, electric scooters are going to be the kings of the two wheel market for a while because the technology is there for them. It's very cheap and efficient. You see the 50 cc scooters out there all the fucking time. You know, these things are just out there fucking putting around. I mean, these guys put gas in it once a month, maybe, and get about 200, 300 miles out of a tank. And when you're urban living, living in the city, that's pretty fucking convenient. Why get a car, right? I kind of spoke on that a little bit when it comes to the M203. Why spend $18,000 on a car? You know, you're young, 
you're dumb. How about let's ride a motorcycle for, you know, and save yourself that money and build your credit up and such. And a lot of people are going to go to scooters for that because they don't have a need for a motorcycle or a car. So I see electric scooters taking the wave there. The battery technology is getting better. You're talking about on a fully charged battery now, even for the cheaper ones, you're getting about 70 miles on a full charge. Of course, that varies on about how fast you're riding it and what mode and all that bullshit. But 70 miles, a lot of these scooters, a lot of these people aren't even commuting 40, 30 miles a day. They're doing maybe 20, 25 miles round trip if they're lucky. And in Vegas, it's very common. Despite it being Las Vegas, Nevada, it's not a big town. I can be on the other side of town in 30 minutes with traffic. 30, 45 minutes if it's really bad. There's some people like, oh, that sucks. Like people that lived here forever, they're like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. But compared to where I came from, South Florida, where I was driving three hours a day to and from work minimum. If there's an accident, count four. 30 minutes is a breeze. So imagine having one of these things. You can charge it overnight. You can go and do all your riding throughout the day and charge and pull, in most cases, pull the battery out and charge it in between. Not all cases, but in some, okay? That's pretty fucking convenient. And that's why I think scooters are going to take over there. And that's the way our, our market's going, guys. Whether you like it or not, EVs are coming. Harley's ahead of it. They're not, not ahead of it. They're behind the power curve a little bit, but, you know, they're even in the game. So that should tell you something. All these manufacturers are going to start dropping EV concepts here soon. Yamaha, KTM's got a kid EV dirt bike out there. KTM. Now imagine when they put that technology into a bigger KTM. You never have to worry about gas ever again. What if you're an adventure rider and you're like, you know what? Got stuck out here. Ain't got to worry about gas. Just bring a little solar panel with you and charge up. I don't know what that looks like, but that's where the technology is going. Okay. You know, you got these guys, Elon Musk out there working on the battery technology of lithium ions. I think he's ahead of the game as far as manufacturing anybody else. And I see him partnering up with a power sports entity of some kind very fucking soon. Mark my words. I don't even know. I don't know of any inside scoop news, but he just fucking bought a battery uh, manufacturer of some kind. He's been working on developing batteries here in the Gigafactory up north. That's two, two thirds of the Gigafactory right now that's only a third of the way done is dedicated to battery manufacturing. That should tell you something. And then you got Amazon who just bought 100,000 Rivian. Rivian is another EV company out there based in Illinois, bought an old Mitsubishi factory, but they just bought 100,000 delivery trucks from Rivian. And Rivian hasn't even rolled one vehicle off the floor yet, off the manufacturing. They just have concepts right now. So all these big companies, and that's on top of Ford too. Ford put, I think, gave Rivian like $300 million because they want to slap the F-150 body on top of the skateboard platform that Rivian has patented and developed. And the owner of the thing, the CEO, CTO of Rivian is an MIT grad of some kind. So guys, this is the future. This is where it's going. The more the technology gets there, the better. And I think, quite frankly, being honest with you, look, you got these the new double R coming out. I've heard some problems with it. I'll, I'll get When I get more details, I'll let you guys know. But I've heard some problems with it. And imagine this. when You never have to worry about that shit. The only thing you got to worry about is tires and oil. You don't have to worry about a crankcase. You don't have to worry about cam chain tension breaking or the overhead cams or this, that, and the other. It's a new electric motor that has instant power. And what you're really only thing you're worried about is the battery technology in the range. That's uh, that's going to take a kicker. We talked about the Orca. People on average spend about $1,400 a year on down service, right? Oh, end of the season, time to turn it down. Well, that is now taken out of the equation of owning that, that vehicle, that watercraft. 
now it's just battery. That's it. The battery, make sure you plug your battery in for the winter storage. That's it. It's going to make it where it's going to be more economical to go over. And that's where I see people owning electric bikes and uh, scooters and vehicles like that for their daily commute. And then on the weekend, I save my petrol vehicle for that, you know, because it's cheaper. I see that coming in our industry and that's the future. And that's where I'm trying to focus on guys. Okay. So, I mean, look, the technology is there already. BMW, while I was at the BMW dealership for a while, they had this autonomous GS and I can talk about it now because it's not here for CES or any of that crap. And if you go on YouTube, you can type in self-driving GS, okay? This thing would take off and stop on its own, steer around, and a lot of people are like, well, I wanna ride a motorcycle to feel it. Well, I used to say the same shit about ABS. Everybody did, oh, fuck that. You don't know how to ride without ABS. Now, I don't even know anybody that doesn't have fucking ABS. So think about that. They're developing technologies like this to make it safer for us to ride and drive like if you can have uh, some sort of tech in your bike that if a car is coming in and you're for some reason you're not paying attention you can't see it and a sensor picks it up and warns you to hey push the throttle or it automatically does it for or whatever the fuck it is they get it dialed into i'm no nerd i can't i mean i'm a nerd on star wars in and shit like that but i'm no nerd on that level technology is only going to help us move forward so embrace that shit don't fucking put it out to the side embrace it keep moving forward so I'm moving on away from my rant of the future. The future's now, bitches. I'm moving away from that and going into my garage tech tip of the week. I'm, I'm going to say garage and tech tip, okay? Being, when I grew up as a sport bike guy, we had this shit called Plexus. <laughs> now, we had a plethora of this shit around because, you know, air aviation, you got to clean windows and stuff. So there's cans of shit everywhere. I still have three cans in my garage, Plexus. I'm pretty sure, you know, came from my time of service. But a lot of people don't know it's a quick way to clean your bike, especially if you have a gloss finish on your shit. Get a microfiber and some plexus. Or guess what's a good substitute? Motherfucking pledge. That's right. Lemon pledge. You don't believe me? YouTube the shit. Pledge, pledge, pledge. Huge pledge on your bike because not only will it help it, you'll clean all the bugs and all that shit off, but it'll help repel the bugs and stuff going forward. And your fucking bike smells like lemons or oranges, whatever fucking pledge you get. That's pretty cool. Um, Tex, if you're out there, don't worry about, I mean, if your, your dealership has the fucking good spray shit, then get that. But if they make you fucking be responsible for it, like some dealerships do, baller on a budget, get a can of lemon pledge. Now on matte finishes, I use it. But what I do is I spray it directly on my rag and like kind of like let it dry out a little bit and then use it and it works fine some people don't like the sheen on their matte finishes i on my paint on particularly my street trouble i don't mind it so much so that's what i got with that that's my tech tip of the week garage tip of the week get yourself a can of lemon pledge because plexus is like 25 dollars a can 20 dollars a can what's a can of lemon pledge all right oh, there you go and it keeps your shit clean and it smells good too damn how about that shit? Guys, I appreciate you listening. Like I was saying, I don't take it lightly that you will take the time out to listen. I've seen, look, I've been looking at my analytics lately. I see we got listeners in Ireland, the UK. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you're enjoying the Americanized content and me running my fucking suck hole as much. Um, I don't take it lightly. I appreciate the support. If you guys have any feedback, you have any topics, any questions, anything out there, well, if you got my fucking number, just shoot me a text or give me a call. Uh, if not, reach me out on the social medias. It's going to be 
Moto Dad Tito. Okay. Moto Dad Tito on Instagram and Facebook. Motorcycle Dad with Tito on Facebook. If you're searching either one, if you type in Moto Dad Tito, it comes up. Shoot me a message, a DM. I try to respond as soon as possible to my schedule, aka my kid and my wife that will allow me to, and my motorcycle riding will allow me to as well. So, look, I know there's tons of chicks out there. Babes ride out. You girls, women, you guys stay safe out there. I love you guys. I'm glad you guys are part of the sport. You guys got got your own little thing out there. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a great thing for the sport. Whereas you go back 10, this is the seventh year they've done Babes Ride Out. And I'll be honest with you. I used to be one of those motherfuckers used to fucking bash on them. Like, oh, girls, you know, out there in the desert, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you see the amount of investment that these manufacturers, these vendors are placing in it, you realize how special that shit is. So any of you girls out there on the road, holla at you. I hope you guys have safe. You have a fun time. You do all the fun stuff you want to do and be safe out there on those roads. Don't be drinking and riding, please. I'm going to say that because I know by Oktoberfest is coming out. Dude, if you're going to drink a couple beers here and there, that's great. Have a good time with your peoples, but survive the fucking ride, guys. Don't be getting plastered and getting on those bikes. Every time I hear about any event where you got your Sturges, you got your Daytona and Myrtle Beach, whatever, and you hear about somebody dying, nine times out of 10, it was related to alcohol and the fact that they weren't wearing a helmet. So girls, wear your fucking helmets, watch what you're drinking and driving, you're riding out there, be safe. They're all oh, shit, 805's got a big 10 out there. I'm jealous because I love 805's. So special shout out to 805. If you want to sponsor your boy, let me know. But uh, either way, we got Biketoberfest coming up. There's a bike season in Florida coming up, guys. So if you're a little frozen and you're looking to fucking get away, I suggest going to Florida. It's a good time of year to go. It's not as balls hot down there. And go to the Keys. Have a good time. But I appreciate you guys listening as always. Much love and respect goes out to you all. I'll see you when I see you. Okay? As always, peace and love and all that bullshit. Late.